Hey there, welcome to the Living La Vida Plant-Based Podcast, a podcast where we'll dive deep into all things related to living a plant-based lifestyle. I'm your host, Morella, and my goal is to help you discover how to thrive at any stage of your life. Uh, welcome, Uta, to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Uh, so tell us, uh, how did you get into nutrition? I know you've like so got so much experience and you're <laughs> so yeah. versed. Uh, no, that's such a great question. So I actually, you know, I've always been interested in nutrition. Like looking back now, I think even when I was quite young, I always had an interest in it. I was always curious about how food works and how different foods impact our body. Um, but I, I think when I was young, I didn't even know that that's something you could do as a profession. So, <laughs> you know, it's not something that I pursued until much later. And actually, um, I think my sort of light bulb moment where I realized, you know, I was really interested in it was when I was pregnant with my son. Mm. and I've told this story like before I just you know I had like such interesting cravings for you know uh, you know some not so healthy foods but some really healthy foods um so my cravings especially at the beginning of the pregnancy were um avocado cherry tomatoes and pineapple I was obsessed with pineapple <laughs> and I actually ended up eating like a whole pineapple almost every single day which is crazy but that's what I craved and I think that's when I sort of started to question like why is it that I'm craving these foods like what how, and how does my body know like what's in them and how does that impact my baby's development and how does my body know that that's what we need and that's when I sort of started to um you know read books about nutrition and um do sort of like little workshops you know that I found um and then it wasn't until much later that I decided to actually go and study for three years when I'd already started a career in something completely different. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and here I am now uh, yeah. with my own clinic. Um, so as you know, yeah, I've got my own clinic based here in Brighton in the UK. I'm also a lecturer now in nutrition and I'm also the in-house nutritionist at the Agora Fertility Clinic, which is one of the largest and most successful fertility clinics in the South of England. Wow, that's fabulous. Now, tell me, uh, getting back to the pineapple thing, is there any truth then to the fact that they say that the more the mother eats a certain food, <laughs> the baby doesn't like that food? So does your son like pineapple? Loves it. Okay. So so I don't think that's true. Okay. <laughs> I think if anything, the other way around, because he likes all the foods that I craved. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Wow. So, wow. Okay. So uh, fertility clinic, that's amazing. So uh, today's podcast, I wanted to focus on PCOS because it seems to me, I've gotten a few uh, um, questions about it. And I know there's a few girls in my um, circle that have PCOS and it seems to be so prevalent. I mean, growing up, um, I never heard of PCOS. I didn't know what it was. And it seems to be something that more often than not, we're hearing young girls um, complaining or getting diagnosed with PCOS. So what exactly is PCOS? Yeah, no, and first of all, just to say, I think you're absolutely right. I do think it seems to, uh, I don't know whether it's more common now or whether we're just more aware of 
the symptoms and people are getting diagnosed more, right? Exactly. Um, that's always the case, isn't it? With, with any sort of growing issues, you're never quite sure, is it actually growing or is it just that the diagnoses are getting better? Um, but what is PCOS? So PCOS uh, is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And at its core, it's really an endocrine disorder. So obviously endocrine system is a hormone. So it's a hormonal imbalance. And um, it's a condition that affects uh, women's reproductive cycles and specifically in how their ovaries work. And so what happens in a nutshell is that obviously our ovaries are full of follicle, follicles and they're these fluid filled sacs containing immature eggs. And then at the beginning of each cycle, um, one follicle is chosen and sort of grows, matures and develops and is then released. That is called ovulation. Now, in women with PCOS, that doesn't happen. No one specific follicle is chosen and ovulation doesn't occur or doesn't occur uh, regularly. And as a result, you end up with these large numbers of developing follicles coexisting. And so even though it's called polycystic ovarian syndrome, it's not really, they're not cysts, they're, they're these follicles, they're these sort of developing eggs, really. Um, but there's more of them than there should be. Um, and as a result, uh, women um, obviously don't ovulate, don't have, a men don't have a regular menstrual cycle. Some women don't ever menstruate with PCOS. Some women menstruate, but very irregularly. They might have a period, you know, once every three months, or then they might even have a period three months in a row, but then not again for another year. Wow. Um, so that's sort of the main, the main, I guess, yeah, uh, symptom that you would that you would get with PCOS. I see. So what other signs would like? So if if someone suspected or thought that this might be an issue because they are having irregular periods, because obviously irregular periods can happen for many other for reasons. Other reasons. But absolutely. with regards to PCOS, then what? So yeah, so the irregular periods are the the main sort of thing that you would look for. But at the same time as well, um, unfortunately, what happens as well with women with PCOS, they've got an excess of androgens, or um, and in fact, you know, it's a bit of a like chicken and egg situation with PCOS. Some of the symptoms, it's never quite sure, you know, which one causes which. Um, but um, but the excess androgens, which are the male sex hormones. Are partially is, or are what, what are responsible for um, this lack of, of um, ovulation, um, and that also then causes excess facial and body hair, um, unfortunately, and also um, oily skin and acne, quite common. Um, sometimes also thinning of hair or hair loss. Um, so those are the type of things that yeah women might experience. But the facial hair, excess facial hair and acne are probably the most common that I see that yeah that women complain about. Right, right. Now, is there a specific time frame when the, um, PCOS can come to be? Like, is it in your teenage years? Is it during your, like, um, you know, uh, reproductive years? Do you have, is there like, a, or can it just occur at any time? Like, can a 50-year-old woman get it? Or can an 18 year you know, we don't really fully understand whether it's a genetic, you know, thing that you actually that you're born with already. So I think that's that's how that's how I see it. But um, we're not 100 percent sure. So um, I think in terms of it occurring, I think you probably either have it or you don't. It's just a question of, you know, when does it first when do you start first start to see the symptoms? Oh, and so most women would probably realize that there's an issue from when they start menstruating. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So most of the women that I see in clinic, and by the way, the reason that I know so much about PCOS and that I, you know, that I, um, that I kind of specialize in this area is because I work with the fertility clinic and actually, uh, you know, PCOS is one of the, is the most common female endocrine disorder. And it's also um, the leading cause of infertility in women. Um, and so most of the women that I see in clinic with PCOS, they usually know, like, from, they, they usually tell me that from when they first had their first period, then it was never regular. They've never had a regular period throughout their life. Oh, geez. Wow. And I guess that's so like, oh my gosh, when you say facial hair and, you know, the thinning of the hair, like as a young woman, like that must be such a huge thing to have to go through. And like, how do you, you know, um, wow. Yeah. Even the acne, because, you know, growing up, I had severe cystic acne and I know what that can do to your self-esteem. So I can't imagine, you know, adding facial hair to that or the thinning of your hair at a time when you're going through, you know, like, you're a teenager or you know you're dating and you're yeah, first everything absolutely but you know what I always say this to my clients as well it's not all bad because you know the excess androgens which are the male sex hormones mm-hmm. they also make you stronger yeah you know you might be you might be stronger and fitter than you know some, exactly. of, your, some of your friends you might be able to lift lift more weights if that's exactly. your thing <laughs> so so I guess it has you know it has some pros too and it's really you know a question of whether we look at this as a disease or whether we look at this as a you know maybe that is just some sort of genetic variation um, but the reason that it's causing so many problems is also to do with the foods that we're eating and the lifestyles that we're leading okay um, because I do believe that you know PCOS in itself lots of women are able to manage it and not get excessive symptoms you know um and uh and i think that the reason that it's becoming more of a problem is because of yeah the type of food that we eat the lifestyles that we live that then actually that together with the pcos is what then causes those symptoms if that makes sense right right it's kind of adding like if you're adding the right fuel to that fire that's what you're going to get is a bigger fire so on that note then so if you get someone that comes to your clinic that has pcos it's been diagnosed is having all these symptoms when it comes to nutrition because i know you said there is like a the genetic components to a lot of conditions is very small factor Mm -hmm. um you know from what i understand sometimes it's like 20 percent or less so obviously then the 80% plus is like you said, nutrition and lifestyle. So that said, then what could be triggering some of these things when it comes to nutrition? Like what exactly do you see as being like the, you know, number one things to avoid if you have PCOS and now is it different for everyone? Um, I think it's probably the same uh, for, for most people. I think um, stress definitely plays a big role. Mm-hmm. as it does I'm sure you'll see in your uh, clinic as well uh, with so many things uh, because the stress hormones really interfere with our reproductive hormones and everything else <laughs> and so as a result I think that yeah stress kind of then tips it tips you know if you, if you already if you think of PCOS like I said as a hormonal imbalance mm-hmm. um, where the reproductive hormones that are meant to sort of govern your menstrual cycle are not sort of rhythmical as they should be and then you've got the stress hormones coming in and interfering with that further um, that then sort of sometimes maybe tips it over the edge um, and of course you know it really there's a quite a wide spectrum 
some women are diagnosed with PCOS and barely have any symptoms. Like they've got the polycystic ovaries, they've got the follicles, they're not menstruating, but they don't get the skin issues, for example. Um, and then others have, have everything, you know, they take all the boxes. Um, and, and so it's quite similar as well. Um, the way and I guess in a sort of analogy that I like to use the way that we look at sort of teenage acne right it's in the western world I think it's kind of now accepted that all teenagers are going to struggle with acne but actually that's not the case around the world right so why is that that in other cultures teenagers don't struggle with that um, and could it be to do with the excess sugar and processed carbohydrates that we eat and the excess dairy products that we eat, right? There's a, obviously that's not, you know, there's no scientific studies that prove that, but it's a theory that I think makes sense and is certainly worth exploring. And the same is true for PCOS, right? So the, the sort of classic, um, yeah, the high sugar, highly processed carbohydrates, uh, high stress, lack of sleep lack of exercise, um, not having a regular, yeah, sort of, you know, uh, I guess, routine with anything. I think those are the key things that I see, because, you know, these issues that I've just explained, they all kind of come down to inflammation, and hormonal imbalance. And also, there's a really strong link uh, almost all women with PCOS have, um, have reduced insulin sensitivity. Mm. And so we know that with reduced insulin sensitivity come all of these other, you know, factors as well. So I guess those are sort of the key culprits that I see. Um, weight also does play a role. So we do uh, know that um, healthy weight maintenance does also help with um, reducing some of these symptoms. Right. But like you said, it's kind of like the chicken and the egg thing, because when it comes to the weight, a lot of these women are gaining the weight because of this PCOS or is it because of their poor diet that they are now they have excess weight that is contributing to the PCOS, right? So yeah, maybe- exactly. A bit of both. Exactly. I think yeah. both is true. So then you end up in this, you can end up in a slightly sort of vicious cycle, if you will. Right, right. Now, um, yeah, so when it comes to diet and nutrition, um, I know that, I mean, uh, myself being plant-based, I always recommend, obviously, um, you know, more of a predominantly plant-based diet, which I think in general, most nutritionists are starting to head in that direction anyway. I mean, they're the, the, the link between uh, animal uh, products, uh, be it dairy or meat or chicken, whatever, the, the hormones that are added, you know, we're no longer living in the times of our grandparents when perhaps they had their own chickens in the backyard and it took 12 months to raise or, you know, um, now they're being pumped with so many hormones that I think must contribute to some degree to what is going on because the rate of obesity and of all these um, endocrine disrupting type conditions are just on the rise and they seem to be more prevalent than ever. So I have to think that even on a plant-based or predominantly plant-based because of also the um, chemicals that they're spraying on our foods, we're kind of, you know, almost, I don't want to sound like doom and gloom, but, you know, we have to become like extra vigilant and even how we shop and what, you know, we choose to buy organic and whatnot, because of the fact that we're just, being bombarded with so many chemicals that are affecting our endocrine system. 
So absolutely, absolutely. They do play a big role and it's not just the chemicals in our food, but also in our cosmetic products and cleaning yes. products and all of those. Yeah. Um, that's certainly something that is worth looking at with PCOS and that it isn't one of the key priorities. I do obviously being a nutritionist, look at diet first and lifestyle, like exercise and especially stress management. But then as an add-on, yes, absolutely. The um, sort of chemicals um, found in things like cosmetic products and cleaning products sometimes are discussed as well. Right, right. Because yeah, you're right. I mean, everything from what we put on our skin to what we ingest is affecting that, right? So um, yeah, yeah. So um, do you put women on any kind of special regimen when it comes to diet for someone who has PCOS in regulating and getting them back to managing? Because obviously, I don't think there is a cure, per se. Um, So what do you follow um, with regards to that? Correct. So there's no cure, as you just said, but absolutely, we can help to manage symptoms um, and improve, you know, chances of fertility as well. Um, And I guess the main thing, I don't have like one plan for everyone. Everything that I do is, is about bespoke personalized advice. So it very much depends on where that person is at what is their current diet and lifestyle like? And then based on that, I look at what are the priorities, you know, what are the things that will make the biggest difference for them and also what's what's possible for them. Cause you know, if I, not everybody is able to buy everything organic, mm. um, not everybody has the time to, you know, cook everything from scratch. And so, you know, it's very much bespoke and personalized, but, but as a rule of thumb, what I look at is um, balancing blood sugar levels, <laughs> which I think is the key to almost everything, not just PCOS, but also energy levels, other hormonal imbalances, um, weight loss. Yeah. And so balancing blood sugar levels um, by reducing, obviously reducing sugar and processed carbohydrates, increasing fiber largely through plant-based foods, increasing healthy sources of protein um, and uh, yeah, those types of things. So I look at that first, balancing blood sugar levels is the key thing I do with everyone. Then I look at, um, you know, other foods that we can include for hormonal balance. So there are foods such as the cruciferous vegetable family that are really good at helping with female hormonal balance. So we would increase those. Um, And then things like linseed as well, or flax, which, you know, again, can help with hormonal balance. Um, So looking at that, and then that's obviously got the added benefit that it's also protein and fiber and healthy fats. (laughs) Um, So I would look at that. Um, sometimes working with supplements as well. One thing I do like to use, um, such as chromium for the um, for the blood sugar balance, for example, and for hormonal balance, um, something like a you know like a broccoli sprout powder. Yes, yeah. I think is really effective. Um, and then um, the other thing is inflammation, mm-hmm. right? Managing inflammation. Now balancing blood sugar levels and doing everything that I've just said will already help with that but then of course there are further things that we can do to help reduce inflammation so some of the key things are balancing out those fats right the omega-3s versus the omega-6s um now you i know you're fully plant-based i do still recommend um oily fish uh Mm -hmm. for clients because i do find that that's a really quick and easy way to balance that out um 
And of course, nuts and seeds as well, particularly the seeds, like I said, the linseed, uh, shelled hemp seeds, chia seeds, and so on. And then working with anti-inflammatory herbs and spices like turmeric, ginger, and those types of things. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I look at. But then obviously personalizing that for each individual to make it make it doable and make it sustainable for them. Right, right. Yeah, because I mean, um, one of the um, uh, of the two girls that uh, they're all they're well, actually they're both in their early 20s. So, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to uh, for someone in that age group to, like you said, always have time to cook their own meals from scratch or, you know, they're kind of like they're probably still living at home to some degree and, you know, having to live with whatever mom prepares and stuff. So but uh, yeah, those are all really good tips, though, on things to kind of look at and, and make those changes. Now, when uh, it comes to fertility, then there is hope then with women that have. PCOS to eventually be able to conceive if I mean obviously because I work with the fertility clinic most Mm. of the women I see are already in that process of the assisted fertility um so obviously that's a different that's different um and for 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 those women of course that's absolutely that's absolutely possible um if it's just the PCOS that's kind of the roadblock then definitely IVF can absolutely help but um but naturally if a woman is still ovulating at all, mm-hmm. then she can become pregnant, right? Now, so if your PCOS is at a point, like I said, where it's quite irregular, but you might, might, you're still getting a period every, every once in a while, every three months or so, then possibly, yes, absolutely, you could still get pregnant. And of course, then there are so many other things that you can do to improve fertility. Um, some of them that I've just spoken about and also things like antioxidants and then reducing caffeine and alcohol. Um, and uh, yeah, it is, it is possible then, yeah. Right, right. Now, um, what are your thoughts then on intervention with uh, the pill when it comes to PCOS. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw my own facial expression. <laughs> I know um, I not very good at not very good at hiding my thoughts. <laughs> um, well, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't in any way address the root cause. It doesn't in any way reduce inflammation, normalize hormones or improve insulin sensitivity. All it does is, does is just mask the problem. And yeah. so I just think it's completely ridiculous that in this day and age, women are still prescribed the pill for just about anything, right? Like, absolutely. Um, and yeah, it just, yeah, I think it's such a shame because it has side effects. Yeah. yeah. So we shouldn't be giving that and certainly not as the sole solution. Maybe if that was given in combination with dietary and lifestyle advice, maybe I would, you know, would be kind of on board with it, but not on its own. And, you know, um, as I mentioned at the beginning as well, with PCOS, I think we're getting to the point now where, where women are getting diagnosed more easily, but it's still not great. Most women still end up seeing sort of, you know, three different GPs before they even get a diagnosis. Right. Um, so no, I'm not, I'm not a supporter of the, of the pill for PCOS. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's my view too. And like you said, I find that medical doctors, um, and not to, um, bashing a medical doctor, my, uh, I just find that when it comes to nutrition, I don't think they get enough uh, education on it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so what happens is they end up working from the 
in my opinion, from the back end, not addressing the root causes, kind of like, okay, let's deal with the problem as opposed to how did we get here? And yes. let's, let's break that down. And um, when it comes to the pill, I mean, my 16 year old daughter at the time um, had really bad, I mean, like she, she got my skin, unfortunately, poor kid. So um, she had the I mean, full face of acne. It was terrible. My heart broke for her. And when we took her to a gynecologist, oh yeah, put her on the pill. And I was like, the pill? Like what? Like, no, like I had read so much about, you know, I was like, mm, that doesn't seem right to me. It didn't sit right. So we, we left and then we took her to a dermatologist, which I then wanted to put her on those. Um, oh my God. It's a very common, um, thing that they do for acne I forget mm. the name and it's so bad on your liver like she would have had to go for liver like blood work um every few weeks to test the liver and I was like that cannot be the solution you know so we finally like ended up just going the natural route and uh facials to help with, you know, um, cleansing of the skin and proper hygiene that way. And then just cutting out things from her diet, primarily dairy, which she okay. saw a huge improvement, you know? So, um, and then, you know, with, I, I have a relative who has PCOS and again, she was put on the pill and I was like, oh my goodness, like that, that's not the answer, you know? And it's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, also we don't do that to boys. I don't understand. Like <laughs> there's no equivalent for men, right? Like, exactly. why so, so why women, right? Like and, any sense. And myself, like I said, I went through those teenage years, but when I hit menopause, the acne all came back. And it wasn't until I cleaned up my diet and took dairy out that I saw this huge improvement. I, I don't have a blemish on my skin. And That's amazing. it's- you know, and it's definitely, so I've seen it full circle kind of thing with my daughter and then myself that I know that the pill is not the answer. So I just wanted to get your opinion on that because I know it's one of the, the widely, I think, prescribed thing when it comes to PCOS. Oh yeah, just put them on the pill, right? And yeah. regulate, well, you're not regulating anything, right? It's, it's yeah. almost as though, you know, um, I was having this conversation, well, it wasn't even a conversation with someone who said that they do keto to, um, because it balances their blood sugar and they're no longer mm -hmm. uh, insulin um, resistant. And I was like, oh, interesting, right? I said, so what's going to happen when you get off keto? Because you're not going to be on keto for the rest of your life. Let's face it, like, it's just not sustainable. And, uh, you know, when you get off keto and you have that bite of first banana, whatever it is, that's a carbohydrate. Guess what's going to happen to your blood sugar, right? And yeah. the mindset out there, of, you know, um, it's just to mask the problem instead of finding out what the root cause is. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. And I guess with keto, just to, it's interesting because one of my clients just asked me about that this morning. And um, I guess with keto, uh, yes, you are balancing blood sugar levels and it's very effective for weight loss, but there are very serious long-term side effects of keto as well, right? It, yeah. It's damaging to your gut microbiome, it's yeah. damaging to your digestion. And so, um, like you said, you can't be on it forever. 
Um, so it might be a sort of short term, <laughs> you know, solution. You will see improvements, at least with that. At least, you know, I guess there's different ways of doing keto as well, right? Um, yes. I guess you can sort of Absolutely. do the egg and bacon keto. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, the old, exactly. like the old school Atkins. <laughs> well, they, and that's all it is, right? I mean, yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm guilty. I did the Atkins way before I knew anything about nutrition. And I think I've done every diet known to man. Because, you know, <laughs> you did, I grew up in an era where it was just like the quick fix, right? That's so it, that's it. Fast, the whole, you know, yeah. and, you know, it and was... also you grow up with, you know, like um, if you grow up with mom following that kind of lifestyle or a relative that you see, you know, on a perpetual diet, right? That you think this is the answer instead of, you know, looking at realizing how food can work with you, not against you, right? And the right foods. And you never have to, like, you know, I went through years of counting calories and doing all that nonsense, right? So similar then to, you know, getting back to the PCOS, I think if we just get to the root cause uh, I know there's no cure and I know it's, it's um, a, a disruption to your endocrine system, but we can do so much with nutrition and lifestyle changes mm -hmm. that we don't need to stick a pill. <laughs> no, absolutely. And like I said, um, I mean, you know, there's so much we can do with PCOS, uh, with nutrition and lifestyle changes to improve symptoms drastically um, to the point where, like I said, I think some people even question is it even a disease or is it actually just that some women are different? And maybe, maybe actually, if you look at, you know, humanity from an evolutionary point of view, maybe there would have been an advantage to having some women who had more testosterone and were stronger and faster and menstruated less and were therefore less likely to get pregnant. Um, and, you know, they still could have gotten pregnant, but not as often. And actually childbirth is a really difficult thing <laughs> in humans. Exactly. And so actually that could have almost been a positive in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just reframing that a little bit of how you're looking at it. And then, you know, realizing that there is so much you can do, but at the same time, it can be really confusing because there's so much information out there. And then you're like, where do you start? So I have one client actually who's lovely, who started working with me a few weeks ago and she's um, a first year nutrition student herself. Um, and she, already, she had already done so much and she just gotten to the point where she's like, I think I've done everything, but you know, and it's massively improved, but it's still not where I would like it to be. Like, please help. <laughs> and then I was able to help her fine tune and really look at what made sense for her and what was the logical next step for her at that point in time and that really you know helped there was just a couple of little bits that she'd missed um because there is so much out there yeah yeah so so yeah i think um definitely so much we can do the pill is not the answer <laughs> because it doesn't actually do anything it just masks the the you know the problem really um and in worst case scenario then has uh, other long-term side effects that you then have to deal with right and and that's yeah i was just going to say that not only does it massive but i'm sure it sets you up for probably a lot more down the road uh, so say you know you start the pill in you know in your teenage years or what have you by the time say you're 30 when you want to start a family now you've had like you know a good chunk of your <laughs> you know reproductive years per se um you know uh, pretty much, in my opinion, damaged by the pill, 
Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely it's, it's such a difficult one right because it's like what's the alternative like <laughs> you know on the one hand i'm like oh you know it's it's horrible it has all these side effects it messes with your with your hormones and on the other hand i'm like okay but it's great that we have it it's great that women have the choice and of course i know that there are i guess natural alternatives but we also know that those are time consuming and you've got to you know know what you're doing and actually the pill is a good thing in that sense isn't it so i don't want to bash it completely either yeah yeah no and and like you said sometimes you have to and you look at it at the individual it could be in a combination of in short exactly. term um, you know so everything like you know has its time and place and perhaps there is um you know room for it but should that be the first thing we turn to uh, no no you're spot on and i think i guess what i'm trying to say is like if you're taking the pill because you want to prevent getting pregnant that's totally fine that's your choice <laughs> and you know you might be okay it might you might be lucky and it might not actually do any you know cause you any problems but it shouldn't be you're 16 and you know you've got acne and then here's the pill when you're not actually even sexually active so um or you might not be so yeah absolutely it shouldn't be the answer for trying to mask uh pcos exactly yeah so what would be your final tips or advice to, you know, anyone out there um, suffering, thinking that perhaps, you know, they've done everything and nothing has worked? Um, what would you say to them, um, you know, to, you know, as a checklist, as a, you know, advice on what to do if they find themselves in that situation? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it, just in terms of like helping yourself, I think, the key things are blood sugar balance. So really reducing uh, processed sugars, processed carbohydrates and making sure that you're having your carbs with the fiber, the healthy fats and the protein. Um, and there's lots of information out there on how to do that. Um, so that's the first thing, blood sugar balance, um, exercise, absolutely essential. Um, and then, you know, sleep and mm. stress, stress levels. I guess those are sort of the main things I would look at. And of course, that's again, you know, with sleep, it's so multifactorial. There's so many different things that play a role. Um, but at the same time, yeah, so many things that you can do to improve your, the quality of your sleep and making sure that you're prioritizing sleep um, and things that you can do um, to reduce stress levels, reduce chronic stress and build stress resilience. I think those are the main things to kind of look at um, but then, of course, if you need further support, uh, come and see someone like us, <laughs> um, you know, someone someone who can help, like I said, to fine tune and optimize and to give you the personalized advice so that you can take it that step further. Yeah, I guess, because even, you know, um, I said this to someone else the other day like even though I'm a nutritionist and I help people optimize their health I don't always feel that I can do that for myself because mm. I'm too close do you know what I mean um yeah. sometimes you need someone who doesn't actually know you who can take a step back and look at it you know see the whole picture yeah. um and not get carried away with the minute details of whatever is going on yeah. um so sometimes you need another person to help you know, the same way that you could be a fitness trainer, but you still have your own coach that tells you what to do, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think working with a nutritionist for PCOS 
is something I would highly recommend. Um, yeah, if people if people are listening and, and need more support, um, that's definitely something worth looking into. And is there something that an absolute do not do if you've been diagnosed with PCOS? And <laughs> I think not to go to extremes. I've actually had clients in the past who, you know, they've taken it to such an extreme with their diet that they've actually ended up almost sort of with, I guess, borderline disordered eating behavior um, where they've cut out all carbohydrates like you said with the keto <laughs> you know don't go to extremes and don't shock your body so if you're going to reduce sugar and processed carbs that's a sensible thing to do but do that slowly mm. do it gradually and make sure that you're also focusing on what you're putting in not just what you're taking out mm. um, and don't think that you have to that you can't ever eat you know uh bread again or you can't ever <laughs> you know have a pizza that's exactly. crazy that's yeah. crazy if yeah. anybody tells you that you have to cut out all carbohydrates please run <laughs> <laughs> and find someone who will give you a more sensible approach so with anything not just pcos but with anything nutrition related don't go from one extreme to the other yeah, that's very good advice. Well, thank you so much for joining me this morning. This has been so enlightening. I've learned a lot from you. PCOS, like I said, is something that um, is out there more prevalent than ever. And, and it's touched a few lives of people in my circle. So I know how... Um, you know, frustrating how, um, you know, almost disheartening it can be when you feel like, oh my goodness, you know, I've tried everything and, and, and you're not getting the proper help. So you're right. You know, if you get to the end of the road where you think you've tried everything, um, see someone like yourself and, you know, that can give you proper guidance and nutrition advice. And when it comes to fertility, especially, right. Because I mean, yeah. um, you know, it's not the kind of, it's never going to happen for me. It's just, if you, you know, manage it. I think it's something that can be successful, you know, so that's fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. Can you let us know then I'll put it everything in the show notes where uh, people can uh, find you and get in touch with you if they need some extra support. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, people can find me on Instagram. Um, my business is Canel Nutrition. And I know you're going to uh, put that in the notes because people might not know how to spell it. <laughs> um, so it's Canel underscore nutrition on Instagram. I'm always posting recipe ideas, uh, nutrition tips. Um, and also my website is www.canel.co.uk. Um, and I've got a free guide on nutrition for energy. Um, that people can download on my website as well and um, if that people want to find out more they can always um, well, actually have a free sort of um, workshop that's uh, on fertility as well if people are interested in that um, so that that people can find on on my website as well and um, they can book in a free discovery call which again details are on my on my instagram and on my website um, if anybody wants to work one-on-one -on -one and wants additional support but is not quite sure if it's right for them free non-obligatory uh, discovery calls um, are available fantastic well thank you so much have yourself a wonderful day thanks so much for having me it's been a pleasure thank you 
Before you go, I want to tell you about my free guide, Thrive, Don't Just Survive. I designed this guide to give you actionable steps you can take today to relieve symptoms of hormone imbalances. Head over to my website, www.livinglavidaplantbased.com and download your copy today. Okay, so there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening. Please remember to rate this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening from so that together we can make a difference. Until next time, live well to age well.